Welcome to the Embargo, the only podcast giving you the pure, unvarnished truth about the, about the mad cat sector. We have to change that. Of World of Technology Public Relations, I'm Kevin Wolf. Here with my man David Oral. What's happening, David? Yo, doing all right. Good stuff, man. Every week, as y'all know, we're about to bring you some insight into the headlines of the week from a from a PR perspective, focused on tech, focused on politics, focused on whatever we feel like talking about that day. Um, today is what is today? Thursday, February 11, 2021. Let's get to it, Dave. What's coming up? Hey, hey, thanks for having me. You know, we worked really hard on that intro. Obviously, we need to shorten it, you know, or yeah. we just need to make it up every week. How about that? As long as the intro song is kicking, that's what yeah, I'm that's Yeah, I think that's going to be the funnest thing every week is to actually just pick a new song to come into this and pick a natural song to go with that. And I think it'll be uh, with our vibe, that man, week. Like the right? vibe of the show, like whatever it is. I don't <laughs> even know what it is, but we're trying to pick it up. So that was what what the the roots and you you picked that one. Why why did you pick that song? I love the roots, man. I love the instrumental. Uh, I, you know, I love the lyrics. I love the tone. Uh, it, it takes me back. Like it takes me back to that's probably like that's like a late '90s group, early 2000s. I don't know when that cut happened exactly, but it's called the uh, it's the Seed 2.0. And I just like when I'm somewhere. And I throw the headphones on, I hear that, like, boom, it just sets the tone. So that's well, you my can catch, You can catch the roots almost every night now on the Tonight Show. That's true. That's Are they true. The band there? Yeah. And are we going to end up in some sort of like copyright uh, issue here? I don't know. We're just like, we're totally poaching this. But you know, if it matters at all, much respect to the roots. I appreciate you letting us use it. Yeah, well, move fast, break things, and ask for forgiveness later. There you right? go. You know? <laughs> so Heck, that's it. Right there. <laughs> totally. So this is our third show. Yeah. And we've been, you know, sort of soft-selling this with friends and family. And then, you know, last week I did a series of outreaches to outreach to some trusted friends and colleagues in the industry. And we got some feedback. Um Kevin, what do you, you want to talk about that, where we're headed with this and the structure of this show and, you know, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we doing this? I don't know, man. We're, you know what? <laughs> it's therapeutic. You know, it's cathartic. It's, it's you know, um, we're all kind of going through this thing with the pandemic and the kids at home and the work from home. And, you know, I, I just feel like this is an opportunity for us to be together and get some stuff off our chest. And, you know, I... I I think the feedback that we got is great. I, I appreciate anyone taking the time, two minutes, 20 minutes, the whole time, whatever, to listen to what we have to say. Um, I, you know, Dave, I, my feeling is like, you and I have this perspective on what's happening in the technology space and in the communication space. And it's, you know, it's steeped in, having been doing this for 25 years and, you know, and paying close attention. And I don't know, I, I wanna talk about it um, I want to make it fun. I want people to be, to come here and listen and, and smile and, uh, you know, and, and maybe enjoy our take and whatever they want to say, however they feel about it, that's up to them. Uh, but I want to keep it loose and, uh, and, and just kind of, you know, keep it, I don't know, this is, keep it real, man, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, I, I think too, I, I'll give you this. It definitely is therapeutic. It's really helped me in terms of just being able 
you know, we don't get to meet downtown in San Francisco anymore and have a drink and then go out for dinner or anything. Those like were that. good times. <laughs> Looking back, those were some of the best. Yeah. I mean, that was just a scant year ago, right? You know, it was just almost. Oh, I was thinking back it. to like the old, old days. Yeah, well, the old, like, old days was great. There, there was yeah. definitely a lot yeah. less inhibition then. But even now, yeah. right, just to get together, to go out to dinner or meet friends and then drag a bunch of other people along to talk shop or whatever. Yeah. So for me, this has been really good. I've had a chance to, it, it, a process like this helps you think through your work, your clients, your life. And it kind of excites you to do a little bit more, even though you're grinding your way through the stuff you don't necessarily want to do. True. Um, and, you know, some of the feedback just for the audience here was like, you know, you know, one of the ones that struck me is like, I don't, you know, it sounds like, you know, you guys are a couple guys at a bar talking. Well, in a lot of ways we are, right? Yeah, <laughs> because we are. We, we are talking about that. Uh, but, but that point was taken, right? And so the point was diversity of, of thought and diversity of guests. And I think we will have that as soon as we work out our own personal kinks of trying to get this show right, you know, because there's no production crew back here. It's just you and I. In fact, Kevin it's really just you, if we're being yeah, honest, it's yeah, just yeah, you. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not much help in that regard. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, I, I, let's have people on. Let's have everyone. I, you know, I, I, again, I think these days there's so much overlap between tech and the economy, tech and healthcare, tech and politics, tech and commerce, tech in the world. Like it, I feel like there's an opportunity to have all, all kinds of people on here and, you know, not to, uh, not to preempt our first news item, but like, we're not going to block any reporters. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's welcome. That's how I yeah. feel. Yeah. yeah. No. So, and then some of the feedback, I, the one thing too, is we're going to keep it loose. You know, this is informal. This is not, you know, a PRSA conference or some other conference where you're going to learn anything formal. <laughs> we're just going to talk about it. I may take down the cuss words. We did get to, you guys cuss a lot. I'm like, somebody came and said, I love it. <laughs> the other person was like, you cuss a lot. Like, I, listen, it's not for everyone, man. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I'm not going to, uh, it's just the way it is. Sometimes it, it's necessary. You know, I, yeah. it, it's not, uh, I don't do it for effect. It just, it is sometimes what comes out, but you're right, man. Like if it's not for everyone, I get that. And that's okay. And you know, if it, I, I certainly don't want to ever say something insensitive, I'm pretty careful about that, but yeah, you're going to hurt. You're going to, you're going to hear a, fuck this every once in a while yeah well so if you are out there listening to this know that we are trying to have some guests on pretty soon and you know google us on the inner webs kevin wolf press release david oro press release you will find us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our name is out there somewhere sitting on somebody's website um so uh Let's get to the show, Kevin, right? So we, we cover a few things every week. And, you know, this time we're covering the sort of our PR item of the week or hot topic. And uh, this one is about Andreessen Horowitz blocking reporters from joining his clubhouse talks or Mark Andreessen actually himself blocking uh, reporters from joining his clubhouse talk. And I had that article somewhere here. Oh, it was in this inbox. Uh you, you shared with me an article uh, from Monday night, this last Monday. Um, the article is from the Business Insider. Yep. And 
but not everyone was allowed to enter this room that Mark Andreessen was hosting, right? So he was blocking reporters that from following him on social media, um, including reporters from the information, TechMean founder Gabe Rivera, uh, media reporter Carrie Flynn, uh, and a lot of journalists. And, and Kevin, from the business talk about this? Yeah, the business side. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is great because they ended up getting press in Business Insider. So I, I mean, yeah. So for me, I got I got I got a couple things on this. One, you know, mission accomplished. Right? They got people to write about. They got their the the pub that they're blocking from entering their clubhouse to write about the fact that they're blocking them from their clubhouse. So I, that's a great way to look edgy. That's a great way to you know, get press for yourself. Like it just, it's this self-fulfilling cycle. Like it just, you know, it, it's the more you, it's like Trump and this ties back to my second point, but it's like, we're going to berate the media and then the media is going to write about how we berated them. And we're just going to look, you know, more interesting to our audience as a result. So that's one take. The second take is, this is what I was afraid of. So like last week on the pod, we talked about uh, Andreessen creating its own media site. Okay. And we're like, Hey, you know, some people might say this is a good thing. Like we need to shake up traditional media and there's the vendors should go direct. And there's an opportunity for them to do that. On the other hand, what it does is you create this echo chamber and clubhouse is a great example of that. Right. So he goes, Andreessen goes on and goes, you know what, this is my clubhouse and, and I'm going to talk to my people and, and you're not going to be invited in. And, and that's not, uh, that's Trumpian to me. And, that, and that's kind of what I was afraid of with this whole, we're going to create our own media empire jazz, because I think what they're really doing is saying, you know, we're going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to say, we don't want any feedback. We don't want your perspective. We don't want your analysis. We don't want the press to act as that gatekeeper to what we have to say. So we're not even going to talk to them anymore. We're going to talk to just who we want to talk to. And that, you know, in terms of divisiveness, in terms of polarization, partisanship, and kind of, that's not cool for me. What's your take? Yeah, well, so first of all. That's a lot, sorry, man. Yeah, no, no, it's great. And and I think it's worthy to to talk about it. I mean, we, uh, for our listeners, you can go to our very first episode where we actually talked about Andreessen uh, uh, Horowitz creating their own sort of like media empire. Some people would call it content. You know, just content creation. Um, but, you know, they've made a conservative effort to actually just not involve, work with media at all, which is interesting because they were, they got a lot of press from media. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when they started out and they were media darlings for a long time. But as we know, you know, there's a clock on this and, you know, you, 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 you do the circle and you, pretty soon you're hated by the media until you have your rebirth again and the clock starts again. Uh, so first of all, let me, let me just back up a little bit from Andreessen blocking media. I mean, like, I, I agree with you, Kevin. I think it's pretty autocratic and selective and, um, you know, uncomforting I, 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 is what I think about it in terms of what they're doing to the media. Like the media's getting whipped left and right and they don't deserve that at all. They report on facts. They need to, you know, when something is of interest or if there's controversy or change, that's what they do. They tell us about it. This one here seems to be a little bit controversial. And there's, it's also a change in the way social media is being done as well, right? So there's an iOS app 
you get on Clubhouse um, and you listen through, it's like walking in an auditorium and just like listening to people speak at, at a conference, I guess. I haven't been on it yet. I, 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 there's plenty of hype about this. This is exactly uh, a classic sort of strategy where you limit and you slowly roll this out to a very select few people to have intimate, important conversations with major influencers. And then you spread it out over time to where more and more people get, get onto it. Oh, look, Elon Musk is on there. Mark Andreessen's on here. Oh, look, Kim Kardashian's on here. Let's join them and let's talk, but I can't get an invite, right? So there's yeah. this sort of- uh, Scarcity, yeah. Scarcity, supply and demand, and now they're opening it up now that they've gotten their thing. So I, this is all being carefully rolled out um, across the sphere. But for me, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think it'll survive, but you know, it could be ending up, you know, the, the strategy, some companies have done this in the past, to great hype effect, but in the long run, they went nowhere. Path.com was one of those. And if mm. you recall what Path was, uh, it was an app that was uh, a Facebook for just your close friends, right? Mm. And I checked it out, and, but there was, there was no network effect to it. Like, right. yes, I only wanted, you know, Kevin there, my wife there, my high school buddy there, and I wanted to keep him out, but there's no rolling network effect here. Clubhouse seems to be a little bit different in the fact that Oh, hey, I'm, you know, everyday Joe off the street. Now I get to hear important people talk in a room and it's something else. It's yet another attention grabber of my it's, life, it's right? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's, the, it's the natural evolution of Twitter, right? So um, this, uh, you know, Twitter, you know, people tweet and they post stuff. But if you want to hear what, someone like Mark Zuckerberg has to say in more depth, you're not gonna get that from Twitter, but you could get that from Clubhouse. Uh, and so uh, to me, it, again, it's like these, these people kind of like uh, believe that they have a platform that they are, there are a lot of people that wanna hear what they have to say. So I actually think these things are gonna become very popular. I think Clubhouse is already very popular. I think it's gonna become more popular um, and I think you, you're going to see all kinds of celebrities use a tool like this when they want to speak directly to their audience, you know, um, and so push their brand or push their view of the world or whatever it happens to be. Uh, and I think it's only a matter of time before we have a video version of this, right, where you've got a video clubhouse. So instead of it just being audio based, you've actually got you can actually see, you know, uh, uh, Bill Gates in his car you know, or at, in his office or while he's working out and he's, you know, he's presenting to you in, in, in real time. Uh, so I, I, I think it's going to be a big deal, actually. I think it's going to be super popular. Well, well it, goes, it goes right to what you just said, goes back to the uh, Mark Andreessen strategy of not dealing with media. His yeah. investment in Clubhouse is exactly not having to go through the fourth estate or whatever we're totally. calling it, right? Yeah. So I am empowering people, either influencers or the general public or anybody expert to come on stage and open up a clubhouse room and speak yeah. directly to whoever you want, up to 5,000 right. people. And that is, is that more powerful than a hit in the New York Times or an expose on 60 Minutes? You know, all these things are there. So this is yet another yeah. tool 
I mean, that's why we have influencers today, right? The exactly. YouTube has allowed people to do things. So but here's the thing. It's, it's not a good, I mean, like my take, I don't like it. Like my, my feeling is like the last thing we need is another social media tool, another place for people to like, you know, speak to their constituency and like get that feedback that everything that they have to say is important and true. Like, I think that's the problem, right? Like we've, I mean, that's the problem that social media has created where, you know, you've, you can post to anyone, but you end up talking to the, to your own people. And then you just start to believe that what you're saying is what everybody believes. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I think it's, the cat's out of the bag. I think this stuff is going to happen. We're going to see, you know, new social media tools and they're going to be like Facebook and Twitter or whatever, but damn, man, I, I think uh, we need less. All right. So PR say Silicon Valley is hosting a thing tomorrow on, you know, you always see this happen. Like somebody gets a little bit hype and all of a sudden, how can I capitalize this on a PR front? So PR say Silicon Valley is going to host something about, you know, using um, clubhouse to, to get client credibility. Right. How, how do you throw this in the mix? Uh, is it part of your communication strategy now, or what are you doing? No, I don't. Is it a no. digital media strategy? Is it a first, social first media all, strategy? First of all, PRSA, you're a day late and a dollar short. All right, we we're, covered we're the break, top. You, we're, we're breaking the story we're here. Breaking, you, need, you, need, you need a new a new angle for your webinar tomorrow or whatever. Uh, no, I it's clubhouse. No, it, it's not going to be today in the same way. I, you know my. Um, I, I tend to focus more on, on traditional media stuff anyway, professionally, in terms of kind of the work that I do with my clients and, and much less so on the social side. Clubhouse won't be in my, uh, in my tool bag anytime soon. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that's, I mean, it's, it's a practical thing. Maybe to some extent I'm an older guy and maybe I don't have the, uh, you know, maybe I'm not as strong on social because of it. But actually, like, I still believe traditional media is, is the most valuable ultimately. And I think my client should focus there because I think you're going to, you're more likely to get to the truth. Um, and, uh, and I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's, uh, naive, but that's, that's where I'm comfortable. I, I think we should, uh, I, I don't like that the, I don't like it when vendors go over the top with creating their own media outlets. And I, I think, you know, for the most part, the traditional media outlets are the right ones. There's definitely a place for them. So a couple of things here. So yeah. um, there, I was doing a little work on, you know, checking out the Twitter sphere. Uh, Taylor Renz, who covers, you know, uh, internet culture out at, uh, well, she's in New York Times. She's in New York Times, right? So, um, uh, but she says, when you join Clubhouse, it prompts you to follow investors like Mark Andreessen. He has 1 million followers on the app alone. So, you know, I could get a prompt. <laughs> I would like a prompt if I'm on Clubhouse. But Kevin, so my buddy Jesse Freud over at uh, AWS, great mm. guy. Mm. Um, he posted about an hour ago, the five stages of social media grief. And I want you to let me know where you are, okay? I'm going to read them out loud. So the five, you know, like for me personally, on social media overall, I have basically you know, outside of work, you know, I've taken Facebook off my phone, taking Twitter yeah, I mean, off my phone and just like, it's great. I'm reading books and everything, but here's, here yeah. it is. Jesse's five stages of social media grief. One, I don't need clubhouse. 
Two, all the people on Clubhouse are stupid. Three, anyone have an invite to Clubhouse? Right. Four, I'm such a loser for signing up for Clubhouse. Five, yeah. hello, Clubhouse. Where are you, Kevin? One through five. That's an awesome list. I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm definitely a one. Uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, and, and yet, you know, I'm a bit of a voyeur. Like if somebody was like, hey, man, I've got a, uh, I've got an invite to Clubhouse. You want to check it out? Like I'd, I'd check it out. You know, I go, you know, I'll check that room out, but, or that thing out, but yeah, it's, it's not something I'm going to be, uh, I, I find I'm fascinated by it again. Like I think it just in the broader scope of like what it means to traditional and social media and the way people communicate, I, I'm fascinated by it. It's, it's, it's not something I would use. Like, I don't think. But hey, if you got that invite, just let me know. Okay, on the day. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's invites out there. I, I could see it becoming like, uh, you know, Reddit had some really good examples of getting influencers on or executives on an AMA, right? Ask me anything, right? And Clubhouse could be that. Hey, this CEO or hey, these, you know, influential tech leaders are going to do a talk on, I don't know, Java software or semiconductor, whatever it is that you want to talk about, you guys can go in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put people right yeah, to sleep. And that's why you go to do an online conference or something. I just can't imagine getting on another conference call in the middle of the night. No. To listen to it. There's a Warriors game to watch or something like that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. All no, right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, that's it, man. Uh, let's, let's move to the next topic. All right. So th th this next topic, I put this up here. It's close to my heart. And if we had higher production values, I'd segue into some really cool music. But no. Okay. Bah, bah, bah. Here we are. Hmm. Salesforce declares 9 to 5 workday dead and will let employees work remotely from now on. This is widely reported. This was actually um, in The Verge, showed up on Tech Meme. Kevin. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in 2004, I took a pretty horrible job. And about three months into it, I was like, you know what? I ain't working here. Yeah. Seven, and, and on the seventh month, I was out of there and I was looking for work. And Kevin he was like, dude, you should consult, man, and see what yeah. happens, man. You can make twice as much money and you get to work from home. Right. You've been working from home since 2002. So you, you let, it, I mean, like it took the world a whole nap, global pandemic to realize that you could actually do this from home. So you talk to me about this and what corporations are doing now and your thoughts on that. Yeah, man. Thanks. I, I think the, uh, the internet obviously has a lot to do with it. Just the ability, the raw ability to do it remotely is everything, right? We couldn't, it wouldn't be, it really wouldn't be possible otherwise. Um, I, I chose this lifestyle. I chose this method because it was a lifestyle choice for me. Like I, I want the flexibility. I want to coach my kids sports teams. I want to be home in the afternoon. I wanted to, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to kind of have that flexibility of, of time. Um, I also felt that, you know, the job could be done effectively without being face-to-face, -face. not just because of the technology, but because if I'm going to write a press release, I'm going to talk to a reporter, if I'm going to be in touch with someone or come up with a plan that I, I didn't need to be there uh, physically. And uh, so those things came together and, and it was, and that was behind my idea to go remote. I'm sure I'm not the first guy in the world to do this job remotely. I'm sure I'm not the first guy in, in, in any industry. Like this is people have been working from home in various industries for a very long time, but I think it works 
for my industry, our industry, I think it works very effectively for many of them. And Salesforce uh, is, is, like I say, just the latest. And, you know, they got a lot of pub for it this week, but Google, Facebook, all the tech companies in the Bay Area have basically been working remote since March last year. So I, th- this is, this is uh, going to continue. Uh, there's, you know, I think there'll be people that will kind of insist on going back to some degree, really want to be there. And I think you'll see some subset of people that do that. I, I, here's what I want to ask you about, because I, I think it's all well and good. Like it makes perfect sense. You know, they're going to save money on office space over time, equipment over time, various other costs, I'm sure over time, you know, they relocate people, people hire people in cities that are cheaper. They don't have to pay them as much because they're not relocating to the Bay area, so on and so forth. But I wonder if there is, there's, there's a little bit, there's a groundswell happening here in the Bay area, which is, which is where we both are, which is, um, you know, companies, tech companies are leaving the Bay Area. And when you start to close these offices or tell people rather that they don't have to go to work in person, I do wonder if that groundswell becomes something more and, and eventually you end up with kind of a perception problem, which is, well, if the tech companies aren't there and nobody's going into work there, is the Bay Area and Silicon Valley the center of technology, innovation, culture, uh, still, or, or isn't it? And I think Silicon Valley really wants to maintain that title of being the cultural epicenter, cultural, you know, center of the world. And if you start seeing companies leave and companies going remote, I think that starts to go away. What do you think? Well, what you just did there with your last comments was what, what they call in the work world project creep. You are now actually expanding the conversation from working at home to the Bay Area actually being the epicenter of technology, which yeah. is going to be another hour. Oh, All right, well, give me your five seconds. Twenty seconds. I, I was rambling, but like I, I do see the connection between these things. That it's like one minute I'm working from home because technology is so cool, and the next minute. All the tech companies and all the tech people are gone, and it's well, like, what, yeah, what so no, I, I, I get you. All right, so first of all, let, let's just say this: I think any knowledge worker, and to me, a knowledge worker was is anybody who can do something with a phone and a computer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is basically eighty percent of the workforce in America. Maybe right. not that high, maybe seventy or so, something uh, like that. But it's pretty high, right? If yeah. you've got a, I mean. You know, people always ask me, how do, you, how do you work from home? I'm like, I got a phone and an internet connection. That's, yeah. that's all I needed to do. By, by the way, this is what the teachers are all telling us now, right? <laughs> They're like, why do we need to go in again? Like, <laughs> the, all the rest of the knowledge workers are working from home. Like, why the fuck do I have to go in, right? That's what they're telling us. So, uh, listen, uh, on listen, working from home is a thing. And I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for people and I'll give you a couple examples but first let me go back to what Salesforce did. Salesforce actually says majority of the time you're going to be working from home but we're going to have two or three days or maybe even one day a week where you ought to come in and I find that an awesome balance actually because you know uh, a lot of times you could just do your work and you can do the zoom calls but it would be nice to come in and kind of feel the culture of the company, feel the space, or even just change it up a little bit yeah. in your work week, right? For me, from where I live, you know, it's an easy ferry ride in San Francisco and, you know, everything that San Francisco has to offer in terms of, you know, uh, lunch, food. Uh, Can't go out anymore. 
Go on. Right. When you're allowed to do it, right? There's going to be a day when we get to go back. But um, it'll be different. But I, I, I hear you, right? So it is – it's also opening up opportunities. Right? So one of the jo- – I live in the North Bay in the Bay Area. And one of the jobs that I never – an agreement for when I moved here was that I would never take a job south of San Francisco hmm. and because I just did the commute. And, and that kind of messed with a few opportunities that I might have considered in the past particularly on the peninsula or in, or in San Jose and Silicon Valley. But now I have the opportunity to, because, you know, this sort of work from home is normalized. Yeah. Job in Sunnyvale. Sure. You know, Los Gatos, whatever. Palo Alto, I could do that. And maybe I'll come in once a month, once a week, whatever. It's not going to kill me. I'm not going to, you know, have a soul sucking commute. That's going to, you know, make me wither. So I think it's a good thing. I, I have a, former client that lived in Boise, Idaho. She always worked for the biggest technology firm that was there, the homegrown one, Micron. Recently she left and I was like, oh my God, you were doing so well in, 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 at Micron. Why did you leave? She's like, well, people are used to, um, are now used to remote work. Right. She's working for a startup in the Bay Area. Yeah. Boise prices, right? And I'll tell you, Boise's a hell of a lot cheaper it's a great move. It's, it's why the tech companies are pushing back and going, well, we're going to pay you less, you know, but I, it's a funny thing, man, because I, I have a personal stake in this. We both do like as a homeowner in the Bay Area, if the, if the tech companies are not paying big bucks for people to live here, if it's no longer necessary to live here, that's going to have a, that's going to hit me in the pocketbook some, uh, someday because the value, the value of my home depends on, you know, uh, all the tech companies, you know, bringing people to the, uh, to the Bay Area. Um, you know, so I, 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 I'm torn, man, because I, I really, I, I like the concept. Obviously, I've been doing it myself for almost 20 years. But hey, wait, I, hold on. Are you torn from working from home? Or are you torn from people? Never. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn from the fact that I, I, I wonder what downstream effects they're going to be from companies leaving and companies saying you don't have to be here in person to work for us. I think, and maybe some of them are good. I mean, you know, I I think spreading some of the tech talent around the country and the world, that's probably a good thing. Um, You know, yeah, my house is overpriced. Like maybe it's uh, maybe it does need to come down so that, you know, we get more diversity in my community. So I said, there's some, I see the other side of it. I'll never see the other side of I'll never see the other side of working from home. I'm always going to do that, uh, but I, I will say that I, this idea that we can just that that it's a good thing that the pandemic has taught us that we don't need to be there in person to be productive. I'm not sure that's entirely true. I think there's there's some ups and downs, uh, pros and cons to that. Yeah, I, I think you know the effects of this really is it, it's going to. I think it's going to affect city centers for sure right and you know places like new york new york san francisco i think they'll have less traffic but i think it's going to end up being a little bit more reasonable right san francisco got out of hand uh, and the traffic around it got out of hand and it was i mean just a year ago it was you know uh the commutes were horrendous and the rent got out of hand right yeah and it was just and i think you know, I think it, 
I'm hoping that it balances out a little bit more and the people that want to be here stay here because you know what, it's still a freaking awesome place to live, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the weather is awesome. The, 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 the food, the culture, all of those things that make living in the Bay area and California in general, right? You know, you could be in the beach in the snow um, or the desert or the redwoods, you know, take your pick, whatever weekend you want to do, you, you've got some sort of adventure that you can explore. I think that that'll keep people here. I think it'll also keep a little bit of a brain trust here. Um, Mike Arrington today uh, tweeted out something. He just came back from Miami and he said it felt like Silicon Valley in 2005 when he was starting TechCrunch. And I'm like, mm, yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't experienced it, uh, but I don't know. Miami's kind of hot. <laughs> you know, they don't have they don't have Stanford. They don't have Berkeley. They don't have all of the stuff that made that makes tech. Um, a lucrative and interesting place to 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 be a part of. It's a lot of places have always tried to emulate. That's right, Silicon Valley. But you know, probably Austin's probably the closest to it. But even then, it's not the same. I will say that that a universal truth it appears is that you know the cost of doing business for a company like Salesforce Force is significantly lower if people don't come into the office. Um, I read, I think it was. Uber that has like a million square feet of real estate in, uh, in San Francisco, you know, their new headquarters down by Chase Center. Um, and they've decided not to use like a third of that, like they're going to give that back. I mean, what's the cost? Uh, you know, I think Pinterest like paid, I want to say like 90 million to exit a, a lease deal of theirs. And, you know, so they had to pay 90 million to get out of the deal, which obviously means that was going to save them double that or triple that or whatever it was over a period of time. So, yeah, I mean, this whole, you know, we talked about this before on a pod, but like, you know, tech is a, tech's a big winner in the pandemic. Um, and I, I don't think you can refute that. Uh, the, the companies uh, are, are doing well and, and they're poised to do better. Yeah. Well, I'm working from home for a while and you're working from home for a while and everybody else has just joined our gravy train here. It's not even a gravy train. We work hard here, damn it. I'm working banker's hours twice. I'm in here at five <laughs> o'clock every day, man. Yeah. Working all the time. All right, Kevin, we, uh, we're, we're at time. Um, we, we keep trying to introduce new segments, but it's your turn mm. for... <laughs> Rep, fire, refer. Okay. People yeah. and, uh, and or companies you would like to either rep, fire, or refer. I'm going to give you three names. I get to pick them this, this week. And you get to assign either a rep, a fire, or a refer to them. So here we go. Hey, by the way, before you do this, we have some other ideas for segments. Maybe we like tweet them out and give our massive listening audience the opportunity to vote on which new segment we should introduce next week. Okay, if we get responses. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Of you that are listening. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to find out. All right, okay. Give me the red, sorry. Give me your rep fire refer. All right, and then, and then we'll hit on that, and then we'll, uh, we'll hit on the other segments and ideas that we have, and then we'll close the show. Okay, okay. So, all right, so rep fire refer. Yeah. you got three choices, and you have to mm -hmm. decide each one. Yeah. Fox News, mm -hmm. own network, right, or Newsmax. Okay, I got it. And and own and Newsmax are uh, clearly not the same 
enterprise, right? Because I just like smush those guys together. <laughs> like, what's the difference? Like, no, they're two totally different things. There's Fox right. News. But they're the same. I, okay, yeah. But what you've done okay. here is you've given me a, a group of basically like similarly evil, like on a sliding <laughs> scale, right-wing media outlets. And I, and I got to choose from. All right, so here's, I, um, I am going to go with, I'll start with fire. I, Fox is out and I'll tell you why. Like the other guys are disgusting as well, but I blame Fox for, I don't know, like 90% of the problems, political problems we've had in this country since like the, the Bush years. I, I think they, you know, they're, um, that's turned this into an overly political conversation, but I guess it's too late. Like I, I just, I hold them accountable. I hold them responsible. I don't want anything to do with those guys uh, Rupert Murdoch can, uh, can kiss my ass. So I'm, I'm firing Fox news. Uh, I will, uh, here's what I'm gonna do. I, I'm going to rep one of the other guys because I think they're now like in the sweet spot. Like they've, Fox is kind of like demurred and like the other guys are like, Oh, now we can get on their corner and be the right wing soapbox, you know, for the, you know, for, for all the people who are interested in that, uh, that, that line of stories. So as a PR person, I think the opportunities are massive. Like I, I, I not that I would ever want to rep these guys, but if I had to, I think we could do a killer job. Like there's, they have, again, they have the opportunity to be like, Oh, Fox didn't have the balls to say this, but we're going to say it. And I, I think you can make, you can get a lot of clicks that way. And I'll refer the other one. It doesn't even matter which, because to me, they're the same anyway, <laughs> but I'll, I, cause I, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a one woman kind of man. I'll stick with, uh, I'll just go with the own and, and Newsmax can, uh, you know, can hire an agency. <laughs> You're going to refer them off, right? All right. So there it is. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give you easy ones to choose from, dude. Like you no, got to choose a, on the core. That's so we'll, you want to, you want to talk about the segments that you are suggesting in the future and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'd love to know, if any of these resonate with people, uh, I, I think PR, here's one. Um, who does number two work for? So this is a famous line from like an Austin, Austin Powers movie. And he's like on the can and he's like talking to his turd. And like, sometimes the PR person is the turd. And like, you do wonder who the PR person works for. Do we work for the media or do we work for our clients? Uh, we know which one sends us a check, but I'm not sure we can easily say who our customer is. So I, I think uh, it would be interesting to like provide, you know, offer some like experiences and examples we've had in our professional lives about where we've kind of felt like stuck in the middle of that relationship and, and trying to decide for ourselves, who do we work for? Who does, uh, who does number two work for? So that's an idea. Uh, oh, and I had another one, uh, Tales from the, what did I say? Tales from the Pitch. So if you're old enough to remember Tales from the Crypt, remember that TV show? Yep, I do. So, right? Like a horror show. So Tales from the Pitch would be like horror stories about, uh, about pitches we've made that have either, you know, flamed out or gotten us in trouble or, you know, caused some, some other uh, tragedy. So we, we could do Tales from the Pitch. Uh, and then, and the last one, I thought we could try this, like uh, this segment called Woke the Fuck Up. And then we could just look at kind of communications from a cultural perspective. There was some Good stuff this week about Super Bowl ads and whether or not they had hit the, uh, the the diversity and inclusivity benchmarks, and they did not. By the way, there was another story about Burning Man and and kind of you've been to Burning Man, like is that a 
you know, it, it claims to be this like bastion of diversity and inclusivity, but, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. So that's another one. Woke the, woke the F up. Right. Anyway. All that's right, it, man. I don't so know what we'll, we'll, we'll try to hit some of those. Um, I love the name tales from the pitch. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can do that. So Kevin, thanks for being here. This is fun as always. And, uh, Oh yeah. We will see you guys all next week. And here's our out song.